The kind of Russian family to which I belonged, a kind now extinct, had, among other virtues, a traditional leaning toward the comfortable products of Anglo-Saxon civilization. Pears soap, tar-black when dry, topaz-like when held to the light between wet fingers, took care of one's morning bath. Pleasant was the decreasing weight of the English collapsible tub when it was made to protrude a rubber underlip and disgorge its frothy contents into the slop pail. We could not improve the cream, so we improved the tube, said the English toothpaste. At breakfast, golden syrup imported from London would entwist with its glowing coils the revolving spoon from which enough of it had slithered onto a piece of Russian bread and butter. All sorts of snug, mellow things came in a steady procession from the English shop on Nevsky Avenue. Fruitcakes, smelling salts, playing cards, picture puzzles, striped blazers, talcum-white tennis balls. I learned to read English before I could read Russian. My first English friends were four simple souls in my grammar, Ben, Dan, Sam, and Ned. There used to be a great deal of fuss about their identities and whereabouts. Who is Ben? He is Dan. Sam is in bed, and so on. Although it all remained rather stiff and patchy, the compiler was handicapped by having to employ, for the initial lessons at least, words of not more than three letters, my imagination somehow managed to obtain the necessary data. Wan-faced, big-limbed, silent nitwits, proud in the possession of certain tools, Ben has an axe, they now drift with a slow-motion slouch across the remotest backdrop of memory. And akin to the mad alphabet of an optician's chart, the grammar book lettering looms again before me. The schoolroom was drenched with sunlight. In a sweating glass jar, several spiny caterpillars were feeding on nettle leaves and ejecting interesting barrel-shaped pellets of olive-green frass. The oilcloth that covered the round table smelled of glue. Miss Clayton smelled of Miss Clayton. Fantastically, gloriously, the blood-colored alcohol of the outside thermometer had risen to twenty-four degrees Raelmuir, eighty-six degrees Fahrenheit, in the shade. Through the window one could see kerchiefed peasant girls weeding a garden path on their hands and knees, or gently raking the sun-mottled sand. The happy days when they would be cleaning streets and digging canals for the state were still beyond the horizon. Golden orioles in the greenery emitted their four brilliant notes, D-del-D-O. Ned lumbered past the window in a fair impersonation of the gardener's mate Ivan, who was to become in 1918 a member of the local Soviet. On later pages, longer words appeared, and at the very end of the brown, ink-stained volume, a real, sensible story unfolded its adult sentences. One day Ted said to Anne, Let us... The little reader's ultimate triumph and reward. I was thrilled by the thought that some day I might attain such proficiency. The magic has endured, and whenever a grammar book comes my way, I instantly turn to the last page to enjoy a forbidden glimpse of the laborious student's future, of that promised land where at last words are meant to mean what they mean.